Hey, I'm JB. And I'm Doug. And, and we, we are, are your Kraken Captains. Welcome to the Kraken Captains podcast, and thanks again for tuning in. Kicking it in 2022. Hockey in 2022. What will the new year bring for the Seattle Kraken? What will Dave Hackstall's New Year's resolution be? Time will tell. Happy New Year's, Kraken fans. Happy New <laughs> Year's, indeed. A new year, a new hope. And Kraken hockey is still on the schedule. But we can't reminisce too long. we got a lot of games to cover, so let's dive right into it. Head on down to the Maelstrom. The Maelstrom! The Maelstrom! The Maelstrom! The Maelstrom! Here we are in the Maelstrom. Friday, December 3rd, the Kraken took on the Oilers and delighted fans with a 4-3 victory at home at Climate Pledge Arena. It was the fifth win in seven games for Seattle, and the team was looking like they were gaining some momentum, finally rolling with it. Grubauer saved 29 of 32, while Stuart Skinner for the Oilers saved 30 of 34. Goals from Yanni Gord, Adam Larson, Colin Blackwell, and Alexander Wenberg. Assists coming from Donato, McCann, Donskoy, Shahan, Lind, Appleton, and the Big Rig. After the 5-2 loss back in November 1st, this was a big win for the Kraken. Yeah, and once again, you look at all those names, you know. It's it's everybody contributing, which is really, really nice. So, Yeah, but, uh, you know, they get the weekend off and come back on December 6th, and they face the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it was all Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh scored three goals right out of the gate. Eberle added a goal in the second period, but that was all the Kraken could muster at home. And the Penguins added three more goals and walked out of Seattle with a 6-1 victory. Ouch. That Whoa. one hurts. Sid the Kid scored. You know, I, Are they still calling him that? I don't think he's don't he's a kid anymore. Still, people still call him all those names. Whatever. Yeah, but he, yeah, he tallied one and... Uh, Good for him. That was Good enough. Get out of here. Get out of Seattle. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Thursday, December 9th, in the greenhouse, the Winnipeg Jets flew into Seattle and flew out with a 3 to nothing win over the Kraken. Winnipeg's goalie, Connor Hellbuck, with a perfect game, saving 25 of 25. That's no fun for the 17,151 in attendance at the greenhouse. Yeah, I was one of them. It's, uh... That's a tough one. You're like, eh, score one, please. Just one. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, yeah. It's no fun. Saturday, December 11th, the boys welcome the Columbus Blue Jackets to town for a barn burner that went right down to the wire. Neither team found the back of the net in the first, but in the second, the floodgates opened wide. The Kraken allowed four goals, including two by Max Domi. And they only added one for McCann. So they went into the third down four to one. But they came off the mat in the third and really hit back, allowing no goals and scoring three of their own to tie it at four and take it to OT. Schwartzy opened the scoring with a power play goal. And sneaky Morgan Geeky and Vince Dunn added goals 
of their own. Unfortunately, they couldn't carry the momentum into the overtime as they allowed a goal in 55 seconds. But at least they walk away with the point. They walk away with a point on that one. Yeah. Well, they had a little turnaround on Tuesday, December 14th in San Jose. The Kraken took on the Sharks in a deep sea battle where the Kraken came out on top 3-1. to one. Drieger with a stellar performance, saving 33 of 34. Goals from Donato, Tanev, and Yarncroc. Assists from Donskoy, Susie, Yarncroc, Geeky, Wenberg, and Appleton. So once again, we have points from all over the roster, and Seattle prevailing after losing three and putting an end to the losing streak before it could get any worse. Stop the bleeding! Yeah, yeah, well... They uh, played the next night, Wednesday, December 15th. So back-to-back, they cruised down the road from San Jose to Anaheim to take on the Ducks. And maybe they were tired because they got quacked right out of town, allowing three goals in the first two periods before Donato added the only cracking goal of the game. And the third period wasn't much more than a placeholder. Ducks just killed time waiting for the victory to be official leaving the Kraken to slink back into the depths and head home. Saturday, December 18th, for the second time in December, Seattle goes head-to-head with the Edmonton Oilers. At this point, five other games in the league had been postponed, marking the beginning of a week-long pause in hockey games due to a surge in COVID-19 all around the NHL. We covered that in the last episode, so we won't touch on it too much, but the Oilers beat the Kraken 5-3. Drieger was in net. Seattle's goal scorers couldn't get the job done, and Brandon Tanev, in an awkward collision against the boards behind the Oilers' net, was helped off the ice, and we later found out that he tore his ACL and will be out for the rest of the season. So this was a dark night for the Seattle Kraken indeed, and it would be 11 days until the Kraken take the ice again due to the COVID outbreak. Yeah, that's a tough one. Nobody it, wants to see that. Yeah, no, it's rough for the yeah. fans. It's rough for the team. It's yeah. gotten not going to be good for morale in right. general. And it's a you know it's a division game too. You know you try try to beat these guys as much as possible when it comes down to it because those are the the games that really matter the most. So tough tough to lose that one, but worse to lose Tanev for the season for sure. But uh, Wednesday, December twenty ninth. First game back from the COVID break, and the Kraken faced Hackstall's old team in the Flyers at the greenhouse. Uh, the Flyers came out swinging, led by a power play goal from, from Van Riemsdyk. Uh, but the boys answered with a goal of their own from Yanni Gord with apples from Sneaky Morgan Sneaky Morgan and Carson Sosi. Uh, things went quiet for both teams in the second period, but in the third, Lezon tallied a goal, and it started to look like the Kraken were going to take the victory until Van Riemsdyk put a dagger in our hearts less than 30 seconds later to retie the game and uh, sealed our fates with a goal two minutes into OT. So the Flyers come in, and Hackstall doesn't get any revenge against his old team, and, and they swept the season series because they they played them in Philly uh, sometime earlier this season. That lost 6-1. Lost so. Yeah, 6-1 loss, and then, tough one. and then this one afterwards to seal the deal. Well, that's torture. Thursday, December 30th, the Kraken captain, Mark Giordano, led Seattle in a battle against his former team. 
the Calgary Flames. And Gio put the Kraken on the board and struck first with a big goal just under six minutes into the first period, assisted by Black Blackwell and Yarncrock. In the end, the Flames won the game 6-4. to four. It was a tight game all the way through, but the Kraken lost the lead when the Flames scored two goals in the second period, and they just couldn't get it back. Calgary scored the empty net with 20 seconds left, and the fans in Climate Pledge Arena began to clear out of the seats. For the last game of the year, it was a tough loss. And being that we've managed to lose seven of our last eight games, playoff contention is seeming further and further from the reach of the Kraken's tentacles. Yeah, this is another one where they they scored <laughs> a goal less than 90 seconds, the most dangerous time in hockey. I think right it was like right goal. back. It was right back. 20 seconds. Next shift. You know, ne- yeah, exactly. Next shift right off the faceoff mm-hmm. pretty much. And just, it's so disheartening. But... That was a really fun game to watch. Wow, the, the, the fans went nuts. Yeah, and I think it's it was chippy pretty much from the end of the first period. It was a tight feels game. like it uh, is going to be a, a rivalry. It does feel you like know, a rivalry. Of all the games so sure. far that we've played against teams in our own division, that one felt the most like, hey, you know, we don't like each other. <laughs> Let's see, we played we played Calgary in the preseason. Yeah, but I think that's is that our first? That's the first time we met them in the regular season, I do believe. Let's uh, confirm. Yeah, they were one of the delayed games, so you're right. We were supposed to play them on the 23rd, and that game got postponed. So we'll have to wait, and then depending on when those games are played on the schedule, we don't play Calgary again until April. That's crazy. So. You got to make up that one, probably, like you said, during the during, Olympic during breaks. February break. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. But that that's kind of crazy to to go all the way into April before we play them again, almost the end of the season, wrap up these division games. But yeah, felt like a good rivalry. Um, so I'll be excited to go watch a few more of those. Absolutely. Those are it. That, those are the games. That's the Maelstrom, baby. That's what we've got for Boom. you. Well, I guess we better find out what is a Kraken in, in the community, eh, Doug? Yes, what is Kraken in, in the community? What's Kraken in, in the community? Well, as with so many things, it's canceling season. You've been canceled. <laughs> Uh, because of COVID, once again, the world juniors now are are canceled. So That's these young kids don't get a shot, don't get to put anything on film. Uh, it's pretty tough. Unfortunate. The International Ice Hockey Federation announced Wednesday, December 28th, that they would cancel the remainder of the World Junior Championship tournament because of a rise in COVID numbers among the players. The IIHF president, Luke Tardif, says... The tournament could resume this summer, uh, but three teams had to forfeit games on Tuesday due to players contracting the virus, Mm. and the tournament was being held in Alberta, Canada for the second straight year, but unlike last year's tournament, the players were not in a bubble environment. Without that extra layer of protection, more cases popped up among players who had to share a hotel with the general public. And Mm. with the Omicron virus uh, variant going around, proved to be too much for the tournament and this is what the outcome is unfortunately that may be the last chance for some of these young players to achieve 
a lifelong dream for representing their countries on the world stage. And our hearts go out to those players. Right. But, and you don't think about these guys that this could be their last tournament. You're always no, thinking everybody, about prospects. Everybody seems to be just in agreement that it's absolutely the right decision to make, you know, at, at the way that those things are going and the amount of cases that well, are picking up around the league. So, right. Yeah. You know, at I that mean, point, they just said, you know, we better just get everybody home safely. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. I mean, if you can't even play, if teams are having a forfeit, yeah, if, like what's the yeah, point of being there exactly. and exposing healthy people? That's right. I like, can't even can't play today. You know, can't play tomorrow. No. Nope. So, unfortunately, this is still the world we're living in. Yep. Um, but you know, like you said, our heart goes, heart goes out to these kids. So um, hopefully, they can do something in the summer. And there's always the Olympics. Around. There's yeah. other, there will be other tournaments. Yeah. Hockey to be played all over the world. So, yeah, that's what's cracking in, in the community and the world community. The worldwide community uh, of hockey. Yep. So, that's, uh, that's what we got for Let's, you on that. We'll hope to look forward to seeing these kids jump out there in the summertime. Right. Right. Well, maybe we should move on to what the puck. What? The puck. What, what, the, what the puck? What do we got? Well, it looks like a story about Mario Lemieux is circulating. Uh, it looks like the Pittsburgh Penguins sold the franchise recently to Fenway Sports Group for an estimated $900 million. Now, what's interesting about that is that according to Joe Pompliano, who is the founder of a new media platform called Huddle Up that breaks down the business and money behind sports, apparently. I had never heard of this guy before, but hmm. he's got a big Twitter feed going on. It's a lot of chatter on the internet, as they say. And uh, the Penguins de declared bankruptcy in 1998. They couldn't pay the salary of their star player, Mario Lemieux. So Lemieux took the $26 million he was owed and uh, invested it in equity of the team, becoming part owner with the new ownership group and that 26 million at that point in time bought him 25% of the team. And so turning that 26 million into approximately 360 million big ones in this most recent sale of the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise where they sold it for 900 million, as I said. So 25% for the 26 million he invested that makes him one of the most financially savvy athlete investors in history. So hats off to him. Yeah, maybe he can uh, share some of that with Yarmir Yager yeah. so Yager can finally retire. Maybe Yager can retire <laughs> and keep the league going that he's playing in out there. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's just savvy right there. Mm. Uh, and If we I, all could be so lucky. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know where he was at in his career when that happened. But, you know, dude, it's hard for, like, a young man. Like, I picture myself, like, if I, it was, like, my first contract or early on, to be like, now I'll take equity in the team. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I'd be like, where's my money? I yeah. want the cash. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, you got to have the foresight to think about that sort of thing. And Well, and hold on to it yeah. till it pays off. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, 25%. Of the team for twenty six million, that team is worth a hundred million dollars, right? About. Yep. 
And so now it's worth $900 million, yeah. almost a billion dollars. One, so. one of the most successful franchises in the league, to be sure. Yeah, he had to wait that long for that payday. But that, I mean, that is amazing. That's big. That's yeah. a big one. Bigly. Yeah, bigly. <laughs> so here's to Mario Lemieux. Yeah, cheers to that guy. He He's buying the champagne, though. That's right. That's right. Drinks yeah. on him. Gosh, I mean, you don't. I mean, you you hear whispers about like people doing stuff like that in crypto, but that is a crazy return on your money. For sure, big, yeah. huge return on yeah. your money for for yeah. something that you never. I mean, you. It just kind of fell. You have no idea. Look at what fell happened. into your lap. Hartford Whalers. Gone. Yeah, you could just be poof gone. Up in smoke. You'd have no idea, you know, what the future right. holds. So. Pretty safe to bet on the Penguins, though. Yeah, that's a big franchise. You know, a big, yeah, big franchise. But it's also, I didn't know. I mean, I was a younger man at the time, but I had no idea that a franchise like that would ever even dream of, like, going bankrupt. Yeah, you know? that's crazy to think about. Yeah, like, the sequence of events... I've seen a that lot of people in my life to, like, wearing the Penguins logo. Owning, yeah, <laughs> owning 25% of the... The Pittsburgh Penguins. I, and I honestly didn't even know that. No. Nope. I wonder what led him to sell just the money that I guess, but probably could have just been like, I'll be part of the, like this, let's swing it over. Yeah, I wonder if, there was, some, some, if there was, a, you know, someone whispered in his ear or if he just made that decision himself or. I think yeah. at that point when it sells, you probably like, it's just too much money mm-hmm. to not do it. Like, especially, you know, for him, it, it, it wasn't like ever a tangible thing. It wasn't like, oh, here's some oh, money, absolutely. but like we're a... going to take it back and trade you ownership. They just couldn't pay him. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like this thing. I mean, lucky for him that obviously he was financially stable and had saved his money and not spent spent it all so that he could do that and, and take the equity in the team. But yeah, never having had the money come in and then just, you just sit on it and you're like, okay, but you got to wait it out, and then, yeah, I mean, if I had an investment... Well, as 25%, and was as like, 25% uh, owner for all that time, you know that he's getting paid dividends, too, at the, you know, end of the... End of the year. You would have to be getting yeah, some mm-hmm. of that. There's got to be yep. some financial return on that. So the $360 million might be... That might be a low estimate. That just... If it, that's just from the sale, like, the amount of money that that $26 million actually bought him is far more than that. Right. A lot more than that. Oh, yeah. The but the other thing you think about now makes me wonder like okay twenty five percent owner of the Penguins is he still is he like making decisions was he like in the room when they were like who are we gonna draft and help them get right, Sid right, the kid right or is it just strictly like yeah I own twenty five percent of the company and I vote on stuff you know when it comes yeah up, there but, might be but some I don't, decisions I'm not like in I'm the room not in the, but, I, I would imagine they have. Dude, he's you know, a huge figure when yeah. it comes to the, the he penguins. He signs off on it. You never know. You never know. Who knows? Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Maybe he was in the building. Yeah. Like, Had doing a big stuff. time thing when they picked up guys like. Yeah. I mean, because you. Sid Crosby and, you know, a lot of the other guys that the Penguins have had over the years that have brought. Yeah. Skinny Malkin. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That'd be interesting. Maybe we can do a little digging and see how um, see how in depth his ownership was and what he kind of did, if if anything behind the scenes. But either way, 
Good for him. What a payday, man. Absolutely. Um, like I said, call up your buddy Yager and uh, maybe, you know, a little slide a little across Slow the table. Little love like, to an old teammate, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he can finally retire and still keep the league going, right? That's, That's the whole right. thing. Yeah, is, uh, yeah, it was his dad's league or whatever. Mm -hmm. We read about it. We talked about it on an episode. Okay, well... Anything else? I don't think so. I think that's all we got on this uh, New Year's episode. Happy New Year to all you Kraken fans, yeah. and uh, hopefully we uh, see you at, at the, the game. House. Yep. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, cheers. As always, the Kraken captains would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to another episode. Let us know your thoughts. Follow us on social media and drop a line, and let us know what you want to know about our Seattle Kraken. Thanks again, and we'll see you back here for our next episode real soon. Real soon. Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps, and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name